right. It's uh, Dr. Yunis Kasim Vauder. Uh, he's my guest this evening, a former EFF um, uh, parliamentarian. He comes from the province of Pumalanga. Among every person whom we've known to have represented the EFF in Pumalanga, he's among those that have uh, been in the National Assembly uh, representing the province. Uh, you know, Dr. Yunis joins us now. Uh, doctor, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for making time. Good evening to you, sir. And I greet you with salams and salams to your listeners as well. Mm. Um, so thank you very much for having us on your show. Yeah. You know, looking at your tenure when you were still... Um, you know, a parliamentarian, you know, coming from Pumalanga, you know, having been voted in back in, 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 in obviously 2014, I suppose. You know, talk us through, you know, that journey. Yeah, I mean, coming from Pumalanga, obviously, you know, Pumalanga with its challenges. What was it that was the mandate, at least from your constituency, to say what, these are some of the things that we want you to represent when you get to the National Assembly? Yes, um, uh, Musa, you know, we must remember that at that stage, uh, the EFF was just a new party. We had just formed the party in 2013, and we were already in Parliament in 2014, which we, you know, we did excellently. We did very well. What was most important at the time for us as a party is to highlight the issues surrounding discrepancy between rich and poor in this country, a language that the uh, the poor welcomed and wanted to hear, but a language that the the haves in this country needed to hear and still need to hear. You know, Musa, we have this huge discrepancy between rich and poor, and this needs to be addressed, um, uh, you know, as a matter of urgency. Even now, um, uh, this needs to be continuously highlighted. I mean, um, Musa, on the one side of the of the road, we have, uh, you know, people driving around in, in Porsche motor cars. And then on the other side, we have children falling down uh, toilet holes, you know, this, this is the, the, the South Africa, and this situation is not a very, a very pleasant situation, and this is a big challenge facing us in this country. At the time, this was our task, and I do humbly believe that as the EFF, we are promoting and highlighting this and doing whatever needs to be done to redress the situation. Uh, Doc, among the observations that you've made, I mean, back then, you highlighted that uh, 50% of South Africa's population lived in rural areas and, you know, urbanization was, however, growing, you know. Talk us through, you know, coming from a Babaton area or coming from Pumalanga in general, and you know Pumalanga is somewhat of an indicative of that 50% that you mentioned back then, you know, do you think as a province we have somewhat... Um, you know, uh, progressed in also just bringing people who are from, you know, rural communities into this urbanized society, but also have we transformed the services of the rural areas of our province? Yes. Musa, you know, um, Pumalanga is is a wealthy province, as you know. We have lots of um, uh, potential in this province. As, as, you know, uh, as a party, you know, having people, we, we humbly believe that wherever the resources are and wherever the, the job opportunities exist, we believe that the people should be lo- allowed to live in and around and surrounding that area. You know, to have a person work uh, on a coal mine or on an oil producing or, or, or coal or, or petrol producing plant like, uh, like, uh, uh, Cecil and so on, to mm-hmm. have the person work there, but his family living uh, 200 and 300 kilometers away. This is breaking down the fabric of society, which is the family life. Mm-hmm. 
This is not a conducive situation. So this is an issue that we will be needing to address, not only in the Pumalanga province, but in South Africa as a whole. It comes from the pre-democratic area, pre-democratic era, and it still exists today to a large scale. This is not an acceptable situation. Mm. Doc, among some of the projects that you've been part of, I mean, I remember there was a lobby group just before the University of Mpumalanga was built. I mean, there was somewhat of a lobby group that wanted uh, the University of Mpumalanga to to come to Pabaton. I mean, obviously that lobby group uh, included members such as yourselves and various others, business people as well, who are coming from at least the Pabaton area, who were advocating for the university to have been built in Pabaton. But talk us through that era. I mean, what are some of the hindrances that led to the university not being built in Pabaton? Uh, the Department of Higher Education at the time did set up a task team to look at the various sites available in Pumalanga for the establishment of a university. Undoubtedly, Barberton did offer them the best site when it came uh, with regard to um, accommodation, with regard to transport, accessibility, and, um, uh, uh, you know, so in that sense, we offered an excellent site in Barberton. Also, the University Musa would have been a world-renowned university because the Department of Geology because of the old rocks and the mountains and so on, the geology department of the university would have been world-renowned. That would have made the university world-renowned. So I, uh, you know, somewhere um, we lost uh, we lost it here, and and uh, you know, for political reasons, the, the site was chosen elsewhere. This was an unfortunate decision, but. Uh, we do humbly believe the site is still available in Barbican, and I think it would be uh, perfect for a satellite campus to be established in Barbican. Mm. But, I, I mean, were there justifications to say, why was the university not built there? I, personally, I, I, I'm not convinced up to now. I don't think that it was uh, uh, a decision that was made, uh, a very rational decision. It was a purely political decision. Uh, at the time and even now, and I don't think anybody, I challenge anyone to uh, discuss this with us on an open platform and have a debate with us. And, uh, you know, we can we can prove uh, uh, very convincingly and without much effort that the site that was offered in Barberton was a far, far more uh, superior site to the way, where the university has now been built. Mm. I mean, coming from a medical, you know, profession, joining politics, talk us through... I know we're just going trips and trips of, you know, the work that you have done. But, you know, how did you end up being a politician or rather a member of the economic freedom fighters? What really persuaded you to jump into politics? Because now we're talking about political interference. But I wanted to, to, to understand, you know, your, your, your first relation with, you know, this beast called politics. Uh, Musa, you know, anybody that has lived through the 1960s, the 70s, you know, when I was a, a youngster and a child, um, exposed to um, what we were exposed to in the pre-democratic era, I think politics was uh, was definitely going to become part and parcel of one of anyone who had any kind of conscience. My family was always involved in one way or another in politics, and myself, I've always uh, been very, very concerned. Like I've already highlighted about the issues surrounding. You know, uh, uh, at the time it was political discrepancy. Today it is socio-economic discrepancy. And and um, you know, for me to 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 uh, enter politics, uh, you know, we were all very frustrated up to 2010, uh, 2012, when 
when um, you know the country we we had great hopes for South Africa, mm. and we would this was not seeing you know not being materialized. Also, South Africa was growing economically. The growth domestic product of the country had had increased, but the people who um, uh, who needed it most were not seeing the benefits of this uh, of this uh, gross domestic product growth in this country. So, you know, um, the reason for joining politics is the concern for you know the masses in the country, the poor people in the country, the majority of the people in the country, and to see. People, you know, that people's lives were not really improving. It was very sad for all of us and of great concern for, for us in the EFF. Yeah. No, Doc, there's also something also that you and I need to talk about. I mean, the issue of Barberton being amalgamated to the city of Mombela. I mean, looking at it now, firstly, do you think that was a great idea? You know, uh, Musa, in, in, uh, at the time, we, uh, we at the EFF, we campaigned strongly against the amalgamation of what was then uh, the Njindi municipality, which was a very viable municipality, a municipality that was uh, financing itself and, uh, you know, not in any kind of, of uh, uh, facing any kind of serious uh, financial challenges, whereas Bombella was almost bankrupt, if not bankrupt at the time. Hmm. Uh, take a viable municipality and, to, uh, you know, amalgamate it with a, with a municipality was bankrupt, that was almost bankrupt, was asking for problems. And I think we are seeing that, uh, that today. So at the time, we were against this decision, and we were even very much supportive of the uh, Britain-Jindi campaign, which you might recall a couple of years ago. Yes, yes. And uh, up to now, we, we, we feel that this decision was, uh, was, uh, was a poor decision, and we still stand by the fact that we, we believe Jindi should be given its, uh, its independence again. Mm. You know, that Jindi campaign, uh, you know, a lot of people and as well as, you know, commentators have always weighed in and said that was what gave birth to the economic freedom fighters, especially in Barberton. And, you know, for them to even gain resonance with the people, would you say that was the case? Well, look, it's, it's much more than that. Definitely our support for Bring Back the Jindy campaign, but it's not only that. You know, uh, the EFF is, is, speaks a language and is... Uh, 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 you know, a language that uh, that uh, uh, that the masses in this country uh, want delivery on, and and it is this that is making the EFF um, popular and uh, making the you know people support the EFF in a very big way. It is the, uh, the language of the people, is the language of the oppressed, uh, the socio-economic oppressed of this country. And yes, we sincerely in the EFF would like to see delivery on these. So mm. it is this. Plus many other factors. We also have very good leadership here in in Barberton under 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 Vusi uh, Vusi Gogu. You might know him. Yes, um, yes. And uh, uh, he's he's an excellent leader in this in this uh, in the in, in the Njindi area. And uh, but because of effort put in by him and many others, we we see the growth of uh, uh, EFF in this area. Mm, mm. Yeah. Doc, let's look into into just the type of leaders or just the state of leadership. In, in, in the province of Pumalanga, you know, as an economic freedom fighter, you know, you know, somewhat of a senior in the party, what do you view or what do you make of the type of leadership generally, be it on any other political front, what do you make of the type of leaders that we have in the province? Let me speak, okay, first of all, as a member of the EFF, 
you might have heard that uh, Colin Sidibe has once again been uh, recently re-elected uh, sure. um, as the, the chairperson uh, uh, of the EFF in this province. Uh, Colin is, is, is the third election now. He's been re-elected for the third time. Colin is, uh, is doing an excellent job. He is guiding the, the, uh, the process and guiding what is still a very young party. He's giving excellent guidance to the party and helping uh, uh, the, the party to grow in this province. Mm-hmm. I think if the other parties can, can, come, can also look at, at uh, the guidelines that are coming for, out of the EFF, I think we will see a much better province. Again, I'm going to say Pumalanga is a province that has excellent potential. We have huge resources in this country, and there are opportunities. We just need to to apply our minds and, and, uh, in, in a constructive manner, and I think we can take this province uh, to even greater heights, not only this province, uh, Musa, but the country as a whole. You know, we have a wonderful country and I'm still the supreme optimist, and I do still humbly believe that, yes, we can take South Africa to, to greater heights and, and we can see improvement in what uh, today is looking like very depressing uh, times in this country. Mm. Just maybe on the EFF part, I mean, uh, Colin elected as the chairperson of the party for the third time. I mean, do you believe that, you know, within the party, there are no other leaders who could contest Colin and Image victorious. Why do we still have, a, you know, a one person in the party leading for for almost about twelve years now? Is is going on his twelfth year ten? Now, it's it's not about uh, uh, that there are no other leaders. But I, uh, you know, Colin is an excellent leader. He's proving to do the things that. Um, you know, the national leadership would like to see him do. He's doing things at grassroots levels in this country. And because of this, um, uh, I, it's not that there aren't other leaders, but I think the other leaders also respect the fact uh, that Colin is doing such a good job mm-hmm. and that they are backing him. Uh, you know, he has the, the backing of the majority rank and file of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, it is for this reason. Yes, there are other many other leaders in the in in the province and uh, under Colin's uh, tutorship and under Colin's leadership they will see themselves also uh, eventually um, fulfill the positions and and go to to uh, uh, to greater heights in the party as leaders inshallah your 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 constituency is babaton and you know looking at what has been going on in the country i mean the 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 you know, sudden, uh, you know, rise in terms of illegal mining is just rife in the country. But not all, it, I, I suppose Babaton is also not exempted from such, you know, criminalities and whatnot. You know, as a leader of, you know, senior leader of a political party such as the Economic Freedom Fighters, what do you think government, even provincial government, should do to somewhat combat the illegal mining that is at least happening, you know, in that you know, uh, you know, part of the town. You know, we know that there's quite a number of illegal mining activities going on about in Babaton. Those who are currently illegally mining gold there. But talk us through what do you envisage could be the solution? Okay, uh, uh, Musa. You know, uh, it's not only um, what you are calling illegal mining, but it's crime as a whole. Wherever we're going to have such a huge socio-economic discrepancy, crime is naturally going to follow. The stakes are very high. There are people in this country who are finding it difficult by, by the middle of the month 
to put a loaf of bread on the table. And, and this is the issue that is of greatest concern to us. As long as the governing party and the rest, and we do not do something to address the situation with regards to uh, the increasing number of people that are living in this country below the breadline and are finding it difficult on a daily basis, as long as we're not going to do uh, enough to redress this situation, we will find our crime rate increasing and and uh, uh, issues such as illegal, what, what you call illegal mining, mm. um, uh, uh, we will find these will be on the increase all the time. This is of great concern to us. And we believe that uh, the best way to address this issue is to, to improve this, to do you know, our social in, in before '94, we had political discrepancy in this country. We sat around the table and we redressed the issues surrounding political discrepancies. Today, what 25 years, almost 30 years later, we still have huge socio-economic discrepancy in this country. We need to seriously sit around the table, the political parties, the business parties. The, the, uh, uh, the rest of the uh, social fabric of society, such as churches and so on, we need to sit around the table and look at how we can redress these socioeconomic problems in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the socioeconomic systems that are in place today, Musa, are socioeconomic systems that were established before 94. And the social, socioeconomic systems established before 94 by their very nature, favored a minority group. And if we are still applying those socioeconomic systems today, then they are going to favor minorities. And the majority of our people in this country are going to be left out of the socioeconomic structures of this country. And therein lies the solution to our problems. Dr. Eunice Kasim Vada, thank you so much for availing yourself for us to have this brief chat. I, you know, I understand that we might have gone over the time that we were supposed to have talked, but really, really enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Assalamu alaikum.